Welcome to Connect Church. We're a new church in the East Windsor Heightstown area, and we're a church that is looking to connect to Jesus and community. We're so glad you've joined us. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Connect Church Online. We're so glad that you are with us today. My name is Frank, and I'm the pastor here. And again, we're just so glad that you're with us. I want to give a quick thank you to the Romans and all you're doing in Antigua. We're so thankful for your partnership. We hope that video encouraged you today. We're so excited to see what God is going to do through their lives in Antigua. Today, we're kicking off a new series as we celebrate the season of Advent. It's a time where we wait and we contemplate the birth of our Savior. This is a significant season of our faith. Why? The, the birth of Jesus changes everything. His life is why we are able to have life abundantly today. So this is a season where we prepare our hearts to celebrate Jesus. And to do so, um, over the next three weeks, we're gonna take a look at the three gifts that Jesus received. Um, not at his birth, most likely when he was a toddler um, or about one, one to 18 months, somewhere in there. But Jesus was given three different gifts when he was born. Um, and there is so much in these three gifts and the significance of it is so important and so crucial to our faith. And so we're going to take a look at it. And I just want to start today by saying this. Um, sometimes we read the Bible and we, we read stories and they get familiar, or maybe it's your first time reading it and you have no idea where to start. I just want to say today, there is so much packed in to, uh, to the story of the Bible that we often overlook. And, and I think part of it may be, um, I was very much raised where it's like you were taught to read the Bible, to just pick a verse and to apply it to your life. Now that's good. Scripture should be applicable to our daily lives, but I think in looking for the application, we overlook some of the historical significance that's there. We overlook some of the gems um, that people at the time when they read these stories would know, and instead of trying to understand what it meant at that time, we just apply it to our lives now. And so today, we're, and, and through the series, we're gonna kind of model what that looks like a little bit in taking a look at these three gifts. Now, the context. We're got, this comes from Matthew 2, and so the context of it, Jesus was born in Bethlehem during the reign of Herod. Wise men, or magi, traveled very far to see Jesus. Um, they saw the alignment of the stars, and so they knew that something incredible was happening. They had to go and see it. Now, here's something that's crazy. There were most likely more than three. I know most of your nativity sets and things like that that you have in your home or you see around this time have three. There were most likely more than three. I think we settled on three because there were three gifts and so it was just easier to give each of them one gift. Now, they were highly educated and they were very wealthy, but they were desperate to meet the one who would save the world. And I think that's the beauty of Advent. Whatever you walk into, Advent with. The heart of this is to be introduced or to continue to fall in love with the Savior of the world, the one who changes everything for us. And so Matthew 2 verse 10 to 11, it says this, when they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now at this time, these gifts were incredibly valuable. Obviously, gold is always valuable, right? Um, but frankincense and myrrh were equally valuable. They also, though, were very 
practical. Um, so they were practical gifts, they were incredibly valuable, but they were also deeply spiritual. Why? Because each one of these gifts foreshadows what Jesus is going to represent. And so today we're going to take a look at frankincense and what that means. And so frankincense, it was an oil that had a lot of purposes. It possessed healing qualities. They would use it to heal. It was very expensive because of its healing natures and its ability to treat wounds. Um, it was also the oil that priests would use during the time of sacrifice to burn the incense. Um, combined with the incense, it would make a smoke that would rise to heaven, and it symbolized the prayers of the people rising to God in heaven. So as the smoke rose, it would symbolize their prayers going up to God. Now, the priest was very involved in this process, and the priest served two functions. They were the representatives of the people to God. So what they did is they made sacrifices for the forgiveness of sins, and they prayed prayers on behalf of the people. Again, the priest played two major roles in terms of representing the people. Sacrifice of sins, praying for the people. The sacrifice for the forgiveness of our sin was needed. Why? Because as soon as Adam and Eve chose to sin, um, that force entered the world. And since that moment, we've seen the wrestling of holiness and sinfulness every day. Holiness of God, sinfulness of man. Every day, these are at play in our world. We feel that tension today. None of the us escaped this, not even me. And today watching, maybe that's the tension that you feel. Maybe you've tried in the past to live for God and to go to church. Um, but no matter how hard you try, you're not able to be good enough to fit in with church. And, and today I want to speak to you and say that this message is for you. Why? Because it's about Jesus. It's not about our ability to try hard. For me, I don't escape this struggle every day. There are things in my heart that I want to do that I know are wrong. And so I feel this tugging, holiness of God, sinfulness of man. The word sin is complicated these days. Uh, we don't like to use it. Uh, in our culture right now, everyone wants to be able to do their own truth, live their own way, do what makes them happy, and don't tell me something I'm doing is wrong. Uh, again, in an age where, where we all just want to do what we want to, this, this term has gotten complicated. If we don't fully understand the holiness of God, we never will understand the cost of sin. We will never understand the holiness of God if we don't realize the cost of sin. Sin separates us from God, period. That's why it matters. And I know sometimes in church we make it about comparing and trying to elevate ourselves and to make some of us more holy than others. And, and, and we do a lot of things with this word. But here is why it's important again. Sin separates us from God. Because of his holiness, when we sin, we're separated from him. Holy comes from the Greek word agios, and it means to be transcendently separate. It's flawless. It's pure. There is no fault. So the fact that God is this word or holy means that he is flawless. He is pure. There's no fault in him. And it even means his power, his mercy, his grace, all of his characteristics are pure. They're holy. And he is holy. We are not. We are sinful. And so that's why this matters. Because of his holiness and because of our sinfulness, when we sin, we are separated from him. We fall short of God's standard. 
And even as I say, it's we fall short of God's standard. It's not about comparing yourself to others. I can't look at my life and go, I'm a pastor, so therefore, you know, I must behave better than so. That's not how it works. The measure isn't each other's standards. The measure is God's standard. And when I look at that, I'm no better than anybody else. Why? I fall short of it. And because of that, I know that I live a life where I sin and I'm separated from God. In the Old Testament, priests would make a sacrifice for the people. Uh, and, and it was only temporary. So they would have to do it often. And so they would even have days that where this was done. One of them, Yom Kippur, or the Day of Atonement. The priest would go to the Holy of Holies and he would beg for the mercy of God on the people. And this would be the payment of sin. And this is where the term scapegoat actually comes from, believe it or not. They would take a goat, they would put the sin of the people on the goat, and then the scapegoat was run out of the community to symbolize the sin of the people going away. Now, I know that sounds weird. Um, again, we don't live in an, in an age where we put our sins on goats and we scare them away. Uh, my parents have two little goats. They're adorable. They've done nothing wrong. And so even the thought of putting it on them, um, but it's different times. This um, God is completely just, though, and he needs to punish sin. And he is not just... Uh, he's not just a God of justice. He's also merciful. And so sacrifices would satisfy God's justice so that he could extend his mercy to us. The price then was paid and we would find forgiveness of sins. But again, this was only temporary. Today, we are under a lasting covenant and we're going to get there in a minute, but it's incredibly good news for us today. Why? Because it isn't temporary. It's eternal now. Again, this may sound like bad news to you today. We're sinful. We fall short. Um, sorry. No, but it's actually good news. It's good news that, that none of this lasts on our own effort. And maybe you feel this in your life. Again, you try really hard to be good and you can't do it. You try to maintain control and you can't. You try to seek the approval of others and it doesn't fill. That's good news. Why? Because we don't have to stay there. Today, Jesus is our high priest. This child, the wise men brought frankincense, would be the answer to this problem. And we read this in Hebrews 10. It says this, For God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. Again, it was temporary, but now with Jesus, it's permanent. Under the old covenant, the priest stands and ministers before the altar day after day, offering the same sacrifices again and again, which never take away sin. But our high priest Jesus offered himself to God as a single sacrifice for sins, good for all time. Then he sat down in the place of honor at God's right hand. Jesus is our high priest. And because of that, he offered his life to fill in the gap between us and God. Our sin separates us from the holiness of God, but Jesus came and he died in our place. Jesus took his robe of righteousness and he put it on us. We can stand righteous before God. We can stand before him boldly. Why? Because of the death of Jesus. He no longer sees us in our sinfulness, but our righteousness if we believe in Jesus.
In Hebrews 4, it says, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. And this is the beauty of Jesus as our high priest. He understands. Not only is he the one who came and, and filled in the gap between us and God, but he understands. Why does he understand? He came and he lived life as a human here on earth. He gave up his right, his right as God to come and to take on human form. He understands our trials. Are you stressed and are you overwhelmed? In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus was stressed and overwhelmed to the point where he was bleeding blood he was in, or he was sweating blood, he was in so much agony. He was overwhelmed with pain. Are there crazy people in your family? Jesus had that too. Christmas, right? Some of you are dreading it because of the people that you know that you have to celebrate with. But when he said, when Jesus said he was the Messiah, all of his family thought he was insane. He was raised in a small town where everyone talked about him. Hey, there's Jesus, the kid who was born out of marriage, which was a huge deal at the time. He was criticized. He was tempted. He experienced the death of a close friend. He was accused of things he didn't do. He felt abandoned by God on the cross. He took on sin and could, and because of that, God could not dwell with him. And so because of that, God turns his back on him for the first time he feels abandoned by his father. He understands what you're going through. One of the hardest things of the season of Advent is that a lot of times this season brings out the struggles that we're going through. And I know sometimes as we begin to feel those things, the first thing that we think is God doesn't care. He doesn't understand. And today, no, the opposite of tr is true. He understands. He lived life here. He experienced the things that we experience and he cares of what you're going through. When he became the sacrifice for sin, God looked away. Again, God is too holy to be close to sin, even on his own son. Whatever you feel today, wherever you hurt though, God gets it. He is our great high priest. Again, two roles that the priest played. Sacrifice of sin, Jesus' death and prayers for the people today. He sits at the right hand of God and he is praying and he is pleading for you. He is a God who loves you. And in his providence, he sent wise men to prophetically proclaim who this baby would be, that he would be sacrificed for the forgiveness of sins, frankincense. He is our great high priest. Hebrews 4.16 says it this way, Let us boldly come to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Come boldly to God because he cares, he understands, and he puts on his righteousness on us so that we can come and plead before him. We get mercy because God's justice has been satisfied once and for all in the death of his son. There is help when we need it most. Today, what does this mean for us? Well, would we go before God boldly? Would we be grateful that we have a great high priest who sacrificed for our sins, that we can stand rightly before God, that the justice of God was satisfied and now we get mercy and grace and he's at the right hand of God pleading for us. You watching today, Jesus is pleading for you. 
the things that you're facing, the struggles you're going through, the hardships that maybe nobody else sees, Jesus is pleading for you. That is encouraging. Because even when I may not know how to pray for myself, even when my faith may be struggling and, and, and I don't have anything to say, Jesus is pleading. He cares about you. He understands. He sees you. He hurt like you hurt. Maybe you're tired, exhausted, overwhelmed. Jesus, our high priest, cares. Again, so much so, he was willing to leave his place in heaven to come and be a human and to humble himself that he would be killed and resurrect again so that we could have forgiveness. Today, call on him for the things you're struggling with. You can go before him. Sometimes in church, we have this idea in our head that I'm too broken, I'm too sinful. If I walk into church, the whole thing's gonna catch on fire, a lightning's gonna hit. It's not true. Our high priest already paid the price so that you could approach him and you can come to him. This week, whatever you're going through, would you call on him? In an age where we try to hide our flaws, our mistakes, and our brokenness, Jesus came for those moments and he extends his grace and his mercy. We don't have to hide them. He is approachable and that is incredible news for us today. So today as we close, maybe you're watching this and maybe you've wrestled with this idea your whole life. I just wanna give space and an opportunity for you to say, Jesus, be my high priest. Would you come? Would you work in my life? Again, the holiness of God, the sinfulness of man, but Jesus was innocent in every way. He never sinned, but he gave his life to satisfy God's justice so we can today experience mercy and grace, forgiveness and life. This is good news for us. The gospel is good news. You are not made right because of being good. You are not made right because of your own efforts. You are not made right because of anything that you do you are made right because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus and today that is available to you and in it wherever you're watching all you need to do is say Jesus you are my high priest I believe in who you are and he will come and he will work in your life and he will change your life there's a link on all platforms today. You could click, it says, I've decided to follow Jesus. Again, if you would do that, we would love to share some more information with you on the decision you made and to help you better understand it and to walk in the journey with us here at our church. For those of you who do follow Jesus, like frankincense was used to carry the prayers of the people to God, Jesus does that for us today. Would we make space for prayer? What prayer is our ability to come boldly to the throne of God and say, God, I need you. Our church is one that believes prayer matters. And so this is huge. And, and it's incredible that it's even part of this idea of high priest to, to pray the prayers of the people. <coughs> and so just some things for you to do today. First one, celebrate that you are forgiven. We must take sin seriously. And when we do it, we need to, to at least let it bother us a little bit. Again, why? There's a cost to it. It separates us from God. But then we also shouldn't beat ourselves up over it. So many people live in guilt and fear because of things that they've done. And today there's freedom in Jesus. We don't need to stay there. Our high priest declares us righteous. Today, celebrate. You are forgiven. Then where are you trying to jump through hoops to get to God? And what I mean by that is where are you acting like all of it ends on your effort? 
Again, maybe you're seeking people's approval and you're working so hard to try and find approval. You're approved by God. Maybe you're working really, really hard to maintain control and to make sure everything goes the way that you want it to today. Release control to God. It's not about what we do. Again, it's about that Jesus is the way to God. He brings us to the presence of God. And for some of you, that takes the pressure off. There's no need to continue to work, 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 work because of Jesus. And then if Jesus is our high priest, that makes us a kingdom of priests. And we read this idea throughout scripture that we become part of the priesthood with him. And so that means now I need to be part of this and I should be living intentionally. How can I be part of bringing people to Jesus? Am I pointing people to Jesus? It also means you should be praying for the people around you. Intercede for them. Plead for them. Ask what's going on in their lives. Care about it. Pray. How are we doing this together? To be in this priesthood together of praying and lifting each other's needs up and pointing each other back to Jesus. Whatever you face this high or whatever you face this Advent season, would you call on our high priest? He was the sacrifice for our sins, but he also pleads on our behalf today. Would we boldly approach him? He is interceding and praying for you. And, and, and our preaching team, someone brought this out this week, and I'll close with this. I think it's an incredible picture of it. In Acts 7, 55, Stephen, he was one of the New Testament church leaders. He's getting stoned. And there's this incredible picture where heaven opens and it says that Jesus is standing next to God. And, and, and it's interesting because typically when we see that Jesus is sitting next to God, but here he's standing and theologians feel that in that moment he was interceding for Stephen. And it's so fascinating to think that not only was he just sitting, but he's standing. Standing means I'm more engaged. Think about when you go to a concert or a sporting event. Fans, they stand in moments where everyone is kind of in this together. Jesus is standing. And he's interceding for Stephen in a moment where he faces death. That is our high priest in the lowest moments of life. He's not disengaged. He's not far away. He's pleading for us. Today, would that encourage you? And today, would that remind you to boldly go to the throne of God? Let's close in prayer. Jesus, we thank you for who you are today. That you are our high priest. That you came and you died in our place to be the sacrifice eternally for our sins. God, we are so grateful and humbled by that today. And God, we also thank you that you are pleading for us, God, even when we may not um, have the words. Would that encourage our souls today? And Jesus, would we come boldly to you with the things going on in our heart? Remind us that you care, that you see us, Regardless of what we face this season of Advent, you haven't forgotten us. Speak encouragement to our hearts and hope to our hearts today. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you have a great week. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this encourages you to take your next steps in your faith journey with God. You can check us out more on connectchurchnj.com. Have a great day.